0: Go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com Thewellnesscoach.com Streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, whole food life that totally rocks. You're listening to Shiny Healthy You, the straight-talking natural health show for busy women with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway.
1: If you're a long-time listener of this podcast, then today's guest needs no introduction because she joined us in Episode 3 to chat about nourishing recipes and chemical-free cosmetics. She's also a good friend of mine, and even though she's vego and I'm about 80% paleo, we share so much common ground with our love of whole foods, healthy recipes, low-tox living, and of course, our rescue dogs. Plus, we also have potty mouths and a bit of a warped sense of humour, so you been warned. She's an ethical warrior, an outspoken activist, and she doesn't mince words, which is why I totally love her. I got her back on the show today to chat about her brand new podcast. Woo! It's all about being eco-friendly because Kermit the Frog was wrong. It is easy being green, and she's going to show you how. Please welcome back to Shiny Healthy You, the awesome human known as Veggie Head, aka the wonderful Adele McConnell.
2: Oh, thank you. That is probably the best introduction I've ever had. (laughs) I'm going to use that on everything from now on. I'm just going to take those words, your words, because they were perfect.
1: (laughs) You can just put me in your pocket and take me everywhere. That would be fine. (laughs) Jules in my pocket. pocket. (laughs) Yeah. So, Adele, it's been, oh my God, like seven months since you were on this podcast.
2: Oh, and your podcast has just gone from strength to strength and so is your business and everything you're doing. Congratulations. Yay, thank you. What
1: have you been up to since we spoke um, last?
2: Yeah, it's been – it has been a busy seven months. You know, we we braved the cold Melbourne winter. Um, it was really, really miserable actually. It was a hard transition from the beautiful sunny coast that we'd moved from. So it was our first winter back in Melbourne It was a time of lots of warm soups and lots of curries and stews and lots of warm things, lots of tea, Uh, and now we've hit summer time in Melbourne, so we finally got through the um, Christmas and New Year period, and, look, Dusk by Dell is going amazingly well. We had it, we're had we having actually our first birthday this week, so we've been celebrating that all week online.
1: Oh, my God, so soon. Oh, I that can't is, believe it's been a year.
2: I know. it goes. <laughs> time just flies when you're having fun. It really does. Um, so I've been busy doing that. Um, I've been heavily involved with a local dog shelter here in Melbourne called uh, Blue Cross Animal Society of Victoria, and I go there every Tuesday and I spend most of the day there. I do some filming for them. I get on my facebook page and do a live feed and we've called it hashtag true love tuesdays so i showcase a different dog every week up for adoption i um bought home a dog actually my husband and i fostered a dog for a month and a half who's, who's called stella and she's just gone off to her adopted home so i'm now waiting for my new foster dog to come in um so that's been busy and i as you said have been working on my podcast easy green so that that launched um just over a week and a half ago
1: yeah, congratulations on that. And you launched with what, like four or five episodes or something, didn't you? I did.
2: I, I launched with four, um, the pilot and then four episodes and uh, there's another two episodes up there and I've got a whole list lined up as well of episodes to come. So, you know, the the idea and the goal behind Easy Green and look, I'm a podcast listener and everyone out there obviously is because they're listening to this right now. <laughs> um, and look, I, I got addicted to podcasts obviously when Serial came out then I love the true crime podcasts. Um, I love the storytelling. I love the interview style. But for me, I wanted something. Personally, I was searching for something that was quick and easy and had tips about everyday living that were, you know, under 15 minutes. And I really didn't find anything that turned me on, I suppose. So I sat there and I went, well, I'm just going to record my own I'm going to record exactly what I couldn't find and what I really wanted was to show people and enable them that they can actually make really simple changes in their everyday life that will help them be greener whether that be through their diet through their consumerism through things that they do at home through their recycling Anything that they can do, I wanted to bring it to them in an easy and accessible way, and you know for a fifteen minute podcast that is you know a walk around the block or a walk to the shops, you can put it on while you're doing the dishes, you can listen to it while you're dropping the kids off to school, short, easy, and to the point
1: yeah, nice. you weren't tempted to do a podcast on like cooking or rescue dogs or something. No. <laughs> The thing is I've actually
2: managed to bring cooking into it as an element. So obviously the the food is a big part of being greener as well. So I talk a lot about a plant-based diet and I give lots of examples during the podcast about different recipes and I'll link them back to my website with all the delicious recipes that I've talked about. Um, And one of the other um, podcasts that I've got coming up is going to be about Animals And how we can help them and be greener in that regard as well, because I think for a very long time, people just associated being being a greenie with voting for the greens or, you know, recycling. But it's gotten to the point where it needs to be so much more than that. There is no time to waste and the things that we can do, we can do and we must do right now. So things like reducing our consumption of plastic, like no Glad Wrap. I dare everyone out there to go Glad Wrap free for a month and see what happens. It's totally achievable but people just don't know where to start. So things like that are going to make all the difference.
1: Oh, my God, you need to do a no Glad Wrap challenge.
2: Oh, well, I've got a (laughs) – no plastic bottle um, and no plastic straw challenge happening right now on it uh, which is easy and look at the end of the day when you think about it there are so many alternatives to having plastic straws and when you go out or you're going out to a bar or a club or even taking the kids out to the movies there's plastic straws everywhere you see them littered they're all over the bins there is a ridiculous amount of plastic being thrown away every single year and it's just Unfathomable for most people, how many, um, you know, pl- how much plastic is actually used, and how many straws are being thrown away, and plastic water bottles as well. In Italy alone, there's 550 brands of pl- plastic water bottles, like oh my God. bottled water. 550 brands. Who needs 550 brands of water bottles? And Italy is actually the highest consumer. They have got the um, the largest. Uh, plastic bottle waste in the world.
1: Oh my god! And you know what? I'm I'm about to go to Europe, as you know. And yes. I was thinking about, like, you know, because I don't that change of water and drinking tap water. I didn't yep. really want to do that, and I'll be away from my big water filter. And I thought, geez, what am I going to do? <laughs> and a friend of mine went, you know, get get a filter bottle that you refill. But then the most common one that people use is made of plastic. plastic. Yes. But I finally found. I found it on eBay today. I found a stainless steel water bottle that's 600 mils, that's, you know, that's got the filter in it. And I was like, hallelujah. (laughs) Can
2: you please link me to that? Because I've had the same dilemma when I've, because I go overseas to Europe as well in a couple of months and I've had exactly the same dilemma and I've spoken to a friend of mine who owns a water um, company a water filtration company and I even said to him I'm considering taking over my water jug that has a filter in it but I can't lug it around for you know six weeks it's going to be too much so please link me to that because that sounds incredible
1: yeah well I, I know there'll be people listening who will want to know as well but I'll, I'll tell you right now the the brand is Camelback C-A-M-E-L-B-A-K oh, Camelback. Yes. they do a lot of cycling gear I haven't I, I was only just looking at it like half an hour before we we started this call so I haven't looked into exactly what it filters out and you're right. I need to. I need your water friend to come on the show, and we'll. I'll do a show on water as well, because it's Definitely. such an important topic. To, you know, I was. I was listening to the Quirky Journey podcast, and they nailed it um, the other week when they called it junk water. You know, it's, we have junk yep. food and we have junk yes. water. Anyway, I digress. But yes, Camelback um, stainless steel 600ml bottle it was on eBay. It was about fifty bucks, but I'm like, that's an investment. That's nothing. Imagine how many euros you'd spend on bottled water if you Thanks. didn't buy it.
2: This is exactly right. And look, we alone as Australians are buying 600 million litres of bottled water a year. So if I am not adding to that, I will be very, very mm. happy and very impressed with myself. So, yeah, I think anything you can do to make make a difference is a big one, buying the aluminium uh, water bottles, using glass water bottles, just reusing and upcycling anything you've got rather than going out and buying things to store things.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Buying things to store things. You're so right.
2: (laughs) And look, and it it just goes back to consumerism. And look, I'm not I'm not a minimalist um in the traditional sense of the word. And I think for most people, they hear the term minimalist um and you know ban consumerism and they freak out because they think a minimalist lifestyle is you know having one chair, one table, a bed or a futon on the floor, and you know a couple of appliances in the kitchen, but you know, for me, I've been downsizing for probably the last three years and I've written extensively about this and spoken about it a number of times. The downsizing for me was so important because I wanted more time to do things that I loved without having to worry about cleaning and moving things around. I wanted less stuff cluttering my space because that space will then allow better things to come into my life, not necessarily material things, but emotional and um you know other things that are going to come in so happiness and love and laughter they're more important to me than things and building those memories are not going to be They're not going to come from things. They're going to come from experiences and experiences for my husband and I are more important than the physical things that we've got in our home. So, you know, the downsizing is great. The minimalism um, aspect of it though, it's not, like I said, about just having one chair and one table. It's about looking around your house and going, Everything here makes me happy and there's some amazing books out there. There's great documentaries all about it Um, and I urge everyone to really think about the things that they've got in their homes and the things that they're going to be buying and the second that you need to buy something to store something else, like if you're buying those big fold-out IKEA white containers to put all your undies and socks in or if you're buying boxes and drawers to store other things, no, no. Get rid of the things that need the storing. You don't need that extra storage.
1: Yeah, we have so much clutter. And I'll tell you what, nothing nothing inspires a bit of a downsize like moving into state a couple of times, hey?
2: Absolutely. And you know what? Anytime you want me to come, I'll come up to Bar and I'll help you. I'm ruthless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get rid of all of your stuff. Don't you worry.
1: <laughs> I've been doing it too. I just watched that Minimalism yeah. movie uh, about a week ago and I've just started throwing things out. You've got no idea. Yeah. Right now we're being ruthless. It's It feels so good good
2: it's liberating it's liberating and it just makes you really realize where your money's gone and that money that you spent on you know all of that crap you could have easily used it for a holiday or you know you could have used it for um, a charity or something with a cause and something that's going to make you feel good because those material things
1: you're not going to find happiness there exactly exactly all right, lovely. Back, back to your podcast. <laughs> I love a good tangent. I, I also love how your podcast is really accessible to beginners. Like it, it really seems aimed at people who are just starting out. So who do you imagine is going to be tuning in? Like who do you think is, is your ideal listener and, and how do you think this podcast is going to help them?
2: I think that people really stumble upon what they need at the moment and when the student is ready the teacher will appear and I've always said that i think people are beginning to really wake up and it's thanks to you know social media that they can see the things that are happening around them that they wouldn't normally take notice of and thanks to you know, now in Australia, we do have Netflix. We've got access to these amazing documentaries, like you said, the Minimalism documentary, the True Cost documentary, which is all about fast fashion, which is another really big topic that I will be covering in the podcast. Um, you know, we've got access to now these these snippets of information and we might not be able to do everything at once, but the person that I want to get a lot out of this is the, the true beginner, someone who just goes, okay, I can make a really small change. I can stop taking, you know, um, I can stop using plastic cutlery and I can take my own cutlery to a restaurant. Um, I don't have to have a plastic straw. I can take my own bamboo, glass or metal straw with me everywhere I go. I don't need to, you know, buy plastic water bottles. I can just simply reuse what I already have at home and take that with me or I can invest in a really high-quality stainless steel or glass bottle. I'm not then adding to that 600 million bottles of water that are bought every year. So, you know, I really want someone that just wants little changes easily made and they're definitely going to be people that have probably had the wall pulled over their eyes for a very long time. Um, a lot of the comments that I've had so far have been amazing and then I've got a couple of emails from people going, but I still don't know what to do and I still don't know where to start. And the thing is when someone is ready, they will just start somewhere. There's no formula and there's no correct place to start when it comes to a greener lifestyle. It's really just about looking at something and going, I'm just going to tackle this one thing until I've got that under control, much like your diet. When you go to a nutritionist, as you know, Jules, or a naturopath or anything like that, they will say to you, do one thing that you can easily do over and over again, then do something else and integrate it into your everyday life because then it's going to be sustainable. If I said to someone, hey, chuck out every single bit of plastic in your home, you're never allowed to use bladder up again, aluminium foil is out the door as well, let's get rid of all of your plastic containers in your cupboard, you're not going to have any bulk, um, any um, canned food or anything like that people will freak out and they won't do it.
1: Yeah. Or it's that, what, what's it called? Overwhelm paralysis. We just go, oh my God, I don't know where to start, so I won't do anything. And that's exactly right. And
2: that's what so many people I noticed were suffering from. They just, they were overwhelmed. They were, and just unsure. There's no, and like I said, there is no right or wrong. It's just about picking one thing and going for it. So look, Anyone who listens to the podcast will see that everything I give them, I back it up with facts. I give them really easy challenges. I say, try this and do this instead of. So it's really a matter of swapping this with that and seeing what else that they can do in their everyday life.
1: Yeah, I love it. How did you start when you made the decision to go green?
2: Yeah, look, I, I really started with the downsizing. And as we, as we spoke, you know, it was really the move that incited a lot of it. Um, you know, for so many years, I was eating a plant-based diet and I'd been, you know, vegetarian when I was 16. Um, and then, you know, dabbled in veganism when I was in my early twenties and struggled with it and then came back to it when I was older. But it just really ever clicked because I didn't understand that, yes, okay, I can eat all the plant-based food in the world I want, but I'm actually still not helping on a grander scale than what I could be. And I don't want anyone listening to this to freak out and think that this is exactly the path that they need to go down because it's not. This was purely my experience and it was how everything fell into place for me. And I really think that when people are coming from any one of three directions they're going greener because of their health so like the doctor said to them you need to cut back on your animal animal products um, or you need to cut back on your meat consumption they're coming to it from an environmental perspective so they do understand the detrimental effects of everything that's going on around them or they're coming to it from um, a real you know consumerism and ethical background so they're going well look i'm not going to do this because of and when people are coming to this decision from one of those three angles the other two will always fall into place so any one of those any one of those I like to call them prongs any one of those prongs is a good thing so if someone says hey I'm going to start from the downsizing and the consumerism part which is where so many people begin then they'll often find that it does take them to the health and the ethical side of things for me the health came first so I was into it for my health I was into you know eating a plant-based diet for my health then it was the move, and when we were moving house, I went, "Oh God, I'm sick of all this crap lugging it around." I've not, I've still got unopened boxes from my move five years ago. Like, what am I doing? And I started really downsizing and decluttering, and it was, like I said, super liberating. So that was probably the first step, and then it was taking a step back and looking, um, in particular, at my pantry. And I was going, "Okay, what can I do in my pantry space to make?" a life easier. I need to know exactly what I'm, what I'm looking for at all times. And because I spend so much time in the kitchen cooking, I really, really wanted to be able to see what I had. And for me, I had a whole lot of glass jars and containers that I've been keeping over the years, again, hoarding them, not knowing what to do with them. And I I was going, I'm going to stop buying crap from the supermarket that has packaging. I'm going to bulk food shop. And thankfully now there are so many bulk food stores in Australia. A couple of years ago there wasn't, but now there is, and they're growing at a really amazing rate because people see now that they can actually buy their lentils, their flour, their sugar, their coffee, their tea, all of this stuff without packaging. And The amount of packaging that is used and the cost of things on top of the product itself, you're really just paying for the brand. But if you can go back, strip it all back and go back to where it all came from, why wouldn't you do that? And that was really the big awakening for me. I think was just really reassessing my, my things in my home and downsizing my pantry. And it really snowballed from there. And mind you, that's been a big journey of, you know, a number of years. And that's why I don't want to overwhelm people because I started with small steps as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, there's. look, as long as you're doing small steps, they add up. Like it's really amazing how just going without a couple of things, like you said, without the plastic straws and that yep. leads to thinking about, bef- you know, what your actions before purchasing a plastic bottle or it all adds up. Like if you're just adding layer upon layer, like it, it really you'll look back a year from now and go, oh, my God, like things are really different.
2: And look, you know, toothpaste is a really good example. I had a girl email me and say, I went to Christmas and I told my family that I wanted to make my own toothpaste. And they turned around and they said, (laughs) they laughed. They said, well, why would you bother making your own toothpaste? And she said, I didn't know how to answer them. So my last podcast was actually all about this. And look, I basically said to her that, um, you know, that one tube of toothpaste is going to make a really big difference in the overall grand scheme of things. Firstly, you're not. And as we know, the ingredients that are in toothpaste aren't amazing. I make my own. I have years. It's really simple too. I said, you're going to be making your own toothpaste, so you're going to know exactly what's in it firstly. Secondly, even though that one tube seems rudimentary, um, over a lifetime, a person can use up to 389 tubes of toothpaste. So, and again, oh that, God. <laughs> and look, it might not seem like a lot. You go, oh, they're pretty small. Tubes aren't big. You know, what are they? 30 mil tubes of toothpaste. That's not huge. But that is every single person in the world. And I did some numbers and look. As of right now, there's about seven billion people in the world, and not everyone is going to be using that much toothpaste or toothpaste at all. Um, but if every single one of those seven billion people used 389 tubes of toothpaste, there would be 272.3 billion discarded tubes of toothpaste.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> and I, and
2: <laughs> I I had to sit there and I had just I said to my husband, "This is nine uh, six seven eight. That's eight zeros. What?" How do I say that? I actually couldn't even say the word because I went, oh, 272, 30,0 you know, then another three zeros and then another three zeros. I, I just can't even fathom how many discarded you So I wrote I when I wrote back to her, I said, hun, I said, this is what you're gonna do. Go back, give them these statistics and watch their jaws drop because mine did. And it just spurred her on to go, you know what, I can make my own toothpaste. It's easy. I'm going to keep doing it because it makes me happy. And so many people are afraid to tell other people because that's the reaction that then they know they're going to get.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I th- I think you can expect a knock on your door from a toothpaste company man with no <laughs> neck <laughs> <laughs> with a pair of knuckle <laughs> dusters in his hand. <laughs> a goon, a goon. Hired goon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick the the dogs
2: onto him. That'll
1: teach you. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, nice because your dogs are so tough. Yeah, really, they're they're
2: devils.
1: (laughs) Now, Adele, I'm just going to pop my devil's advocate hat on, which sometimes I call devil's avocado because I've got a crappy sense of humour. I'm going to put on my devil's avocado hat for just a moment. Talk to me about plastic. Can't I just recycle those plastic items that you've been mentioning water bottles, toothpaste tubes, if they've got the, you know, there's that culture of if it's got the little number with the arrows around it in the triangle, then it's fine because it's all going to get chopped up and recycled and that's fine, right,
2: right? Yeah, good question, really good question. So how much plastic do you think is recycled every year?
1: Mm, A lot.
2: Okay, so this is another really, really great statistic. So Australians alone dump 1 million tonnes of plastic waste in landfill each year. Now, it is only, it is estimated that only 50% of that plastic is used once. So, we use something and then we throw it away and even less than that is actually recycled and put back on the market. So, look, it's a perpetual cycle. They're creating things that are encased in plastic or stored in plastic. We use it once, we throw it away. Then we think, oh, well, it's being recycled, so that's okay. But the chances of that being recycled are slim to none. It takes up to a thousand years for plastic to break down, and if it's not recycled, so uh, there's nothing good about it. There was a really great picture that went viral on um, social media a few weeks ago, and it really uh, resonated with me so much. I thought, Oh my god, this, and it was a big topic for me to talk about on the podcast as well. There was a Yo Play plastic yogurt container. Oh my god, I saw that on your Facebook. From the 1975 Olympic Games and it washed up on the beach and someone had picked it up and taken a photo. From 1975, it looked brand new. Bar the fact that it had sand on it, it looked like it could have had yogurt in it right then and there. And I just went, what are people doing? And look, we're never going to escape it. This is the thing. We're never going to get the big companies to stop creating things encased in plastic, but all we can do is just make conscious decisions every single day that and not related to using things in plastic. So the devil's advocate I totally understand um, and I get that there are are things that you cannot get by without having plastic, um, you know, some form of plastic on them, but where you can, you must.
1: Yeah. You know, I was having a little chuckle when I saw that Facebook post with the Yo Play thing because, (laughs) what was it, 1975, 1976 Olympics or something, and I was like, I was born in 76. And I was like... Oh, my God. They're not the words I used, by the way. I was like, oh, my God that thing is exactly the same age as me and yeah. it, it's looking better for its age than I bloody am so go figure it's if you put me in the seawater for that long and tossed me around oh. the earth I won't look that good <laughs> you know hu- as humans we do disintegrate plastic,
2: <laughs> plastic does not plastic is not fantastic and there's that whole thing you know plastic fantastic and people laugh and joke about plastic surgery and they say plastic plastic is far from plan- fantastic it is horrendous stuff and One of my dogs needed to go to the vet um, a week ago and she got a little scratch on her foot and she was licking. So the vet ended up giving us a cone and I cracked it when my husband got home because he'd taken her. And I said, why, why did you get the plastic cone? I said, I've got these blow up um, collars. That stop dogs from licking. He goes, oh, "I forgot about it," and I'm like, "Well, you know what? It's going back to the vet, and it can be reused for someone else. I'm not throwing it out. Um, it can be reused over and over again." And I refuse to put anything in the bin that I cannot use time and time again. And even, you know, takeaway containers, which is a really big one. We eat a lot of takeaway here in Australia. You know, Thai food, Indian food, Chinese food. Those plastic containers that it comes in again are going to sit there for up to a thousand years in landfill. How can you reuse them? What can you put in them? Keep your discarded coffee grinds in them, or you know if you eat eggs and you've got chickens in your backyard, grind up the chicken shells and you know uh, the egg shells and put them on um, the the, uh, the your garden like whatever, whatever you can, please reuse those plastic containers, put anything in them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I do some mosaic in my spare time, which means very little mosaic gets done at the moment, okay. but it's there. It's half done. It's sitting there half done. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I separate the mosaic tiles into different colours and put them in those containers.
2: Perfect. And you know what? You Good
1: for them? Lego too.
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Good for – yeah, totally great for Lego. And you're using it for something else. And, look, if you've got – um, you know, if you're making your own almond milk and you've got – The almond meal left over make your own body scrubs and store them in those plastic containers in your bathroom so you've got a beautiful body scrub from your leftover almond meal and you've got the plastic container that stores it you are really you're helping everyone yeah
1: and and just an fyi for everyone listening don't bloody buy those things in the first place seriously like if you put hot food in those plastic containers you are getting a dose of bpa that's a whole other podcast but Yep. Well yeah, we we won't go down that rabbit hole, but I could get up on my soapbox and rant about that one all sure. freaking day. Love yeah. when you're the soapbox about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hot food, hot liquids, and those shitty plastic containers are just yep. like, do you do you want endometriosis? Do you? Do you? Do yeah, you
2: that's exactly right. <laughs> oh, it's awful. So no, I am very, very, um, very much one for just do what you can make those changes make them long term and sustainable and you'll really notice how easy it is in 12 months time you'll go why wasn't I doing this years ago
1: yeah I love it I love it love it love it now other devil's avocado hat on just for a moment I'm just swapping hats but my the other one that that comes up a lot when talking to people about this topic is do you ever feel like what you're doing is just a crappy little drop in the ocean and does that depress you because I, I often look at the big picture and find it overwhelming, and go, well, "What's the point?" Like everyone else is messing up the planet on such a grand scale. Like, what do you say to this?
2: Absolutely, it's it's a really big thing, and look, it goes to everything. You can apply that to, like, we were talking about before, personally on before we jumped on, we were talking about refugees. Yeah. Um, you know, as the same as with adopted dogs and, you know, backyard breeding, Um, it's the same with veganism. It's the same with really any big issue in the world. You go, well, what am I doing? Like no one else is doing it. So how is this even helping? But the thing is you have to be a walking and talking advertisement for the lifestyle that you want to lead. And if that means that you have to feel like the only person you're going to be the only person for a little bit but guaranteed you will soon see that you will not be the only person there will be other people going down this route and all of the big game changes in the world have all started off by being one person I look at people like Richard Branson and Steve Jobs and you know the real big thought leaders I don't buy into the online thought leaders I like the real game changers in the world <laughs> they are one person that has have really made you know. Waves in their own industries. So, why can't someone else be that one person? And when we're all that one person, we really make a difference. So, I know it feels like we're alone in the journey and we go, Oh, but my friends are still buying plastic or whatever. You don't know who you're actually going to be inspiring. And I've got friends that I never, ever thought I would see the day where, you know, again, they're the ones that are making their own toothpaste, they're the ones that are not buying deodorant. They're buying it from a local little lady who makes her own handmade um, deodorants and sells them in glass jars. Um, These are people that are learning how to rethink the world that they live in from scratch. They're taking away everything that they've ever been taught. We're basically rebuilding humans we're teaching them the things that they were not taught when they were younger we're getting rid of years of brainwashing and it takes time so you've got to stay the course and you've got to keep going i am the one who's making a difference and i am going to create a ripple effect with everyone around me and i'm going to help rebuild those humans brains and the way that they've been wired and the way that
1: they think and what they think they know I'm just going to repeat one of the things you said before because I wrote it down and it is because this this is going up on Instagram, baby. (laughs) It says, you need to be a walking and talking advertisement for the life that you want to lead. I freaking love you, Adele. That is so awesome. <laughs>
2: and, look, that's, and that's been my mantra for 10 years and I've said it for years. I have written about it in my books. That is my mantra and it's so important. You are going to be the person that changes people's minds, not me. I'm, I'm going to – and same as you, Jules, we're conduits. We are just a little bit of information to the person that needs to hear it. That person is then going to go on their own journey and then they're going to inspire every single person around them and, that, you know, the people around them are going to take what they can take. They're not going to take it all in. They're going to go, okay, well, well, Jules said that I shouldn't be eating things out of hot plastic containers, so I'm going to take that on board. And then from there, it's going to be a flow-on effect. And that is what is powerful
1: about what we're doing. Yeah, I love it. Love it, love it. Love your work. <laughs> love your baby. <laughs> What's the best way to get friends and family on board? Should we even bother? Do we I- Do we try? No? No.
2: <laughs> I absolutely think you should try, and the best way I've found over the years is just gentle, loving education. There's nothing worse than going to, like, a family dinner and sitting across from that crazy hippie who doesn't shave <laughs> her armpits and who sits there and says, you got to go vegan, you know, and I <laughs> and look, I must admit I've never been – I don't really shave my armpits, but I've never been that person because I don't want to be that person. For me, I want people to come to me when they're ready, and all I want to do is entice people with delicious food and really show them what is possible. And by me doing that, I've had so many of my family members go, oh, wow, I didn't know about that. And, look, my auntie who I love, she's my favourite auntie, she um, went to SeaWorld probably – a decade ago with her kids and they went swimming with the dolphins now this was you know years ago she had photos up on her Facebook page and when I saw it at Christmas she'd said to me all of the things that have been happening on social media about Tilikum and about you know Blackfish the documentary about the orcas that are kept in, in captivity in SeaWorld I'd spoken about it on my private Facebook page months ago when the movie was released and I'd said to her I'd said to everyone go and watch it she watched it didn't say anything didn't mention it and then when I saw her in person she goes I had to delete all of the photos from SeaWorld off my Facebook page she goes because it made me so sad that I'd actually contributed to that and I said to her But you didn't know. No one knew back then. And I wasn't judgmental to her. I wasn't, you know, shoving it down her throat or my views down her throat. I just said to her, you did, you're doing the best you can right now to make a difference. And that's all that matters. And sometimes we all have, you know, shit in our past that we've done that we're not proud of. And it's just a matter of wiping the slate clean and going, well, who are we going to be today? We are going to be that walking, talking advertisement and we are going to show people that. You really can make a difference and you can make a change that people are going to respond to. They don't respond to criticism. People do not respond to shoving views down people's throats. They don't, re- they don't respond well to being told what to do. Who likes to be told what to do? I don't, but I, w- <laughs> but I will help you find the way when you are ready. And that's all you need to say to people. When you're ready, come to me. Let's have a chat. Be open to it. That is planting a tiny seed that
1: is going to grow really quickly. Yeah, I-, I had a similar moment to your – to your auntie SeaWorld moment, um, yep. where you know I—it's—it's it's that case of when you know better, do better. It's, yes. But it's that when you look back and you go far out, I can't believe I didn't realise that that was wrong at the time. Absolutely. But um, you know, I—I've ridden an elephant in Thailand. I won't yep. do it again.
2: No, but the, because you know now, and this is yeah. the thing. At the time, you wouldn't have been aware of it, and um, you know, I was. I'm thankful enough that when I did go to, when I have been to Thailand with my husband every time and, you know, when they're very pushy, they come up to the, um, the tourist guides and they say, oh, go and ride an elephant. They're friendly. And I questioned it and I said, are they hurt? Are they kept in captivity? Oh, no, no, they're fine. I said, if they're whipped, I won't go near them. Oh, no, it's okay. Thank goodness I had been told by someone what had happened. This was before you knew about it on social media. I was told by someone and I went, I'm never going to do it. But, Jules, this is the thing. Most people don't know until someone tells them. So you would have had someone tell you. Yeah, yeah. At the time, you wouldn't have even known and most people don't. So that is an awakening. It's a beautiful awakening and you know better now and you can educate others.
1: Yep, that's it. That's it. It's a beautiful awakening. Absolutely. And I live quite close to SeaWorld here so, you know, we're only an hour away from there so don't start me on that topic. (laughs) I'll come and pick it with you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, that would be fun. <laughs> the veggie chick and the, and the almost paleo chick standing outside, that, that could be fun. <laughs> oh, it's always fun talking to you but, of course, all good things come to an end. Um, can you please tell us where we can find your brand new podcast Absolutely. because it's awesome. Yeah, you can just search
2: Easy Green, um, two words, or Adele McConnell because then it'll bring up obviously this podcast because I've been featured in it as well, but either or Adele McConnell or Easy Green on your podcast app Uh, and you can obviously find me at veggiehead.com and on Facebook and Instagram.
1: Yep, and even if you're not veggie people, please go and check out her recipes. This woman is legendary and even if you just have a couple of meat-free Mondays here and there, it's totally worth a shot. Your stuff is legendary. I actually really want to get get learning your curries because I oh, made God. I made a curry the other night from curry paste that I bought, and then I just went, "What the hell am I doing with my life?" So, oh. yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, don't worry. When I run my when
1: I um, release my dates for
2: my 2017 cooking workshops, I'm doing Indian and Thai. Come down. You're my guest. Come to any of my cooking workshops that you want. The Indian workshops are amazing. I teach you all about spices. You'll make your own pastes. You will never buy Indian paste from a packet again.
1: Oh, my God. I am so there. (laughs) That'll be awesome. Yeah, well, maybe just come and do it up here, you know, trip to Byron.
2: I can do it up there. I've been there. I've done it before. I'll do it again.
1: (laughs) Adele, thank you so much for joining us on Shiny Healthy You today. It's always fun. Thank you for taking the time.
2: Thank
1: you. Yay. Oh, my God. I just listened back to that recording and, wow, there's a lot of laughing on there. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Clearly, I did because we had a a ball. It was really cool. I so love my job when I get to interview amazing people and then also call them friends. Now, if you're new around here, welcome. Click subscribe because I've got plenty more amazing health and wellness peeps coming your way and you don't want to miss out. Also, while you're at it, go and check out my website over at julesgalloway.com. It's chock full of health info, yummy recipes, some really cool freebies, including a brand new healthy dessert recipe book. It's ready for you right now. It's up on julesgalloway.com. Go and grab it. It's got so much good stuff in there. Now, also, I hope you tune in again next week because we're rolling out even more guests. I'm actually over in Greece right now, but we've still got weekly episodes coming right at you right here. So in the meantime, stay shiny and bye for now.